this. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. First two segments were defense, defense, defense. We're going to move to the offensive line because it's been a hot topic, and it's honestly always been a hot topic with Cincinnati, and we haven't really had to talk about them a lot over the last few weeks, which has been really nice because we have been since 2015. If you're a Bengals fan and you've watched how bad the offensive line was after 2015 season, you look at Lyle Collins, he's going to be out for the season. I know Zach Taylor didn't officially say it, but reports are ACL, going to be a seven-month recovery, so we won't see him until maybe August or, or training camp. So you move on. And we talked about it on yesterday's pod that it's going to be Hakeem Adeniji, who they are very familiar with. He's familiar with as a starter. He was in the Super Bowl with them with this offensive line. Plenty of reps out there. But it's a little different when you're working with a new offensive line, new pieces, new guys next to you at the right guard position. You have Ted Karras at center and then obviously familiar with Jonah Williams on the other side and and Cordell Volson as a rookie. You went back and you watched the tape with Hakeem, and I know it's just minimal reps with these starting offensive linemen. What did you think of Hakeem? Overall, um, fine swing tackle, I think, is what he was able to show. I don't think it was – no, PFF hated him, <laughs> but I was just kind of like, I don't know if it was that bad. He did have some losses. He has some quick losses. I think when you see him, um, he's got a little bit. The first thing that stands out is just because Lyle has not been this guy. He's he's athletic. He's athletic for the tackle position, and he moves really well. And I don't think Lyle was able to do that somewhat because of injuries, but he also never been the best athlete on the field i was pleasantly surprised to see him work some uh at least one good stunt pickup with alex kappa and uh that's something that comes with time that's not something that you know should be there right away i also think that when it comes to something that's going to come with time the timing of the snap jonah williams has that like locked in where it almost looks like a false start he's the opposite where he's the last guy to get up um, not majority of times or something like that, but you know, there's been, there are a few instances where you're watching and you see everybody else move and then he moves, you know, it's like a, a millisecond later and that just puts you in a bad spot. You want to be in a good spot, uh, a little bit inconsistent, you know, hitting his landmarks and he reacted a little bit too much to some moves. I think he was a little jittery as well. I think he's just like overly amped to get in there. He's like, all right, I got to show him. I, I, I got to get out of there and I got to step up. I got to be that guy. So I think he's just like so amped. He's, he's flailing his limbs a little bit. And I think he is kind of just like that player in general where he just kind of moves a lot and he's got really tappy feet. Uh, not gonna say it's good or bad, but you know, just very active feet at times. So, uh, there is, there is some to like, some to be a little concerned about. I think, um, I have a mild concern that he does your chest as an offensive lineman is basically your head as a boxer, don't give that up. Um, if guys get into your chest, they'll control the rep, and he does have a tendency to allow defenders into his chest a little bit. Uh, so that's something to watch with Gregory Rousseau is going to be the main guy going against him. And he's probably the bill's best uh, edge rusher since Von Miller has been hurt. And he is a power guy. He's a guy who wants to get into their chest and drive him back. So that's, that's a challenge. We'll see how that goes. I don't think he was dominated in those situations. I think the main difference I see with Lyle and him and pass protection 
is Lyle would get to the correct spot, but he couldn't hold the block. Hakeem doesn't always get into these spots to be in a position of advantage, but if he gets there, he's clamping on and he's holding that block for as long as you need him. So I think that's the difference, whereas Lyle could get into those spots and he'd be fine, but at some point he just falls down. I have no idea why. You know, I think it's injury-related, but he just falls down or dives at the guy and tries to push him that way. So it's kind of like a Hakeem, there will be plays where you get four seconds as a quarterback and there'll be plays where you get a second and a half and you just got to be conscious of that. Whereas Lyle, pretty much every time you're getting about two and a half seconds, uh, you're not, <laughs> you're not getting any more or any less. Uh, he gets there, but he doesn't hold that block very well. I don't know which one would be better. I did not play quarterback. But uh, that is something I think to watch. I, you hope that Burrow doesn't get sped up from a from a few pressures from that side, just because I don't think Hakeem's going to be perfect. But at the same time, when Burrow needs to, and we saw this against the Buccaneers where Law gives up the sack, Burrow needs to check here. Oh, they did something with this coverage where I need to get back to the other side. Goes back to the other side. He may actually have time to do that. Where he did get that sometimes a while, but like he didn't usually get that luxury. <laughs> And you have to wonder, they did it before the Thursday night game. We heard from Joe Mixon where it was just kind of an internal meeting with the offensive linemen and Joe Mixon when it comes to communication because they were really struggling with their run game. If, you know, Ted Karras, um, you know, Jonah Williams, Alex Kappa, even Cordell Volson, I know he's a rookie, you know, they all – communicate they talk outside of practice and the meeting rooms of you know these are the reps this is we're late in the season two extremely important regular season games you know if that communication is happening outside of the meeting room uh when it comes to Hakeem Adeniji because one of the things I remember about him when the Bengals drafted him I want to say was the sixth round and yeah they were – some people were like, six round for the offensive linemen. They need, you know, they need a lot of pieces and all of this stuff. And they didn't get, you know, enough in free agency. And there was concern. But I remember Dave Lapham talking and obviously an opinion that I trust and just thinking of what they thought of Hakeem. And he was going to be more of a future developmental piece on the offensive line. And maybe this is a little sooner. Obviously, you want Lyle out there. You spent money on him in free agency to start a right tackle that he was still going to be a big part of the future with what they saw on the line. If it's more depth at tackle, if it's a future starter, um, just working with him over the next few years, that he could be a big part of the starting offensive line. And just with him being familiar, obviously, with Joe Burrow and being a starter last year, and yes, it wasn't ideal for Joe and the line for all the hits that Joe took, but maybe there's some there are benefits there, just being familiar with that. And it's not a free agent off the street that they're signing right now and saying, you got to get familiar with these guys in the offensive line room. I know you just met them, uh, but you're going to have to make it work. And, you know, we, we joked about it on the podcast yesterday about Andrew Whitworth and Zach Taylor talked about it in his press conference. He had a little smirk, a little Zach Taylor smirk, and just said, you know, we trust the guys we have in the building, meaning they're going to stick with the guys they have in the building we pretty much just talked about that 24 hours ago. Um, I, I kind of like them doing that, to be completely honest. I think I think it would be extremely hard to bring in someone right now and be like, you're going to start with this for this offensive line. Especially if they have to work out to get into shape. You know, yeah. they've been doing TV for a while. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, I just, you know, we joked about it and I just, it's still going on. There are still Oh my God, I know. Here. And people are angry at Zach for, why aren't you bringing him in? It's like, my goodness, dude, this guy's not, he's had a little tongue in cheek interactions, you know, liking a few tweets. It does not mean he is at all interested. That means, oh, that's funny, you know, or that's fun, you know, coming back to Cincinnati. What are the ties other than uh, an owner that didn't bring him back and that broke his heart to leave the town that he loved? What are the ties? It's not like Marvin Lewis is there. Paul Alexander isn't here. There's no real ties to this organization. Duke Tobin, I assume that's another guy that was part of the process of him leaving. And I assume it was mainly Mike Brown. But it's just like there's no real ties to make him come here. And he's also – he's been – in tv dude like i don't know if you could just put on the weight and get into football shape that quickly like you, you talk about guys that miss a year from injury and that are working to be in that shape and still working every day to do that and sometimes they don't perform at the same level and then secondly they need a right tackle guys yes <laughs> Stop like, yes in theory you could flip jonah williams over and put andrew whitworth at left tackle i wouldn't no <sighs> You don't no. know how good Whitworth's going to be. You know, he's he's hasn't played in a year and he probably isn't trying to keep up in shape. And I just think it is a lot of effort to be an offensive lineman and stay in that shape. A lot of eating, a lot of, you know, working out to stay that muscular and strong. And I don't think Whitworth has done, not not that it's like a bad thing. He retired. No, for him. He's, he's yeah. a genius TV line. All these offensive linemen seem to lose like – at least 30 pounds immediately after they retire. I would not be surprised if Whitworth has lost like 30 pounds. He looks and great. You're to, yeah. And you're trying to ask him to come back and be like, oh yeah, put on 30 pounds. Uh, take uh, 60 hits a game. <laughs> you know, like, what do you want to do that for? It's because we don't have that much money to throw around. You know, they're trying to save it up. So there's a whole lot of reasons uh, that is not going to happen. But uh Every time, every time it's like this is going to save the Super Bowl season because you could write a fan fiction story about how he came back and won the – hey, guys, I hate to do this. He liked the he, he likes L.A. more. He He's talked about it. He likes the warm weather. Like he's a Louisiana guy, and I heard him talk on the Cam Hayward podcast where it was just like, would you rather go back to L.A. or Cincinnati? And he said L.A. because it's warm weather. I don't know if I can do that cold again. What? Yes. It's cold. <laughs> At this point in your career, um, like I said, he's he's doing good. Andrew Whitworth's doing great. And yeah. I've mentioned before, I love Andrew. He is a great human being. He was in Cincinnati for a really long time. Um, really, truly appreciate him. But it's not happening. And I'm sorry. We have to keep telling you this on this podcast. And we're going to keep telling you. Keep putting it out there on social media. Uh, but you mentioned the ties. There is a tie. Uh, it's Zach Taylor. He was with the Rams when. Oh, when right, right. There. And Joe Burrow and him worked together on their ACLs. You know that, that connection's on Twitter. But Joe worked with him. All Joe has to do is pick up the phone. I mean, Joe gets it, man. He gets it. He gets that. Like, they just – they're look, Hakeem Adeniji is going to be the right tackle. Just, again, going to keep telling you that. Going to keep telling you that. On also, Monday the Rams day. have to do a whole, you know, wave him thing. And then when you're waived, you get to go through – I think you get to go through and any team can claim you. Or maybe they have to cut him. I don't know. Either way, it just turns into, like, a whole, like, why would they do that? And then it's like, if it was still the trade deadline, 
maybe the Bengals could figure something out, but it's not. So you have to trust that the Rams will cut him for you. As a whole bunch of there are, it's there, not are <laughs> two, yeah, there are 250 hoops to jump through before you even get to the point where it's like, well, maybe this could happen. So it's like, I feel more 99%, 99.9%. I'm like 99.999% sure he doesn't do it. I would be legitimately shocked if Andrew Whitworth signs with the Bengals and plays this playoff run. Like I, I legitimately shocked, like, I, uh, I I don't know what the bet is here. I but I don't know. I you know <laughs> I saw somebody say they would swim across the Ohio River if he signs, and I'm like, yeah, I feel about that confident where I would be willing to do that, but I don't live in Cincinnati, so I can't. The, the next time Andrew Whitworth's name is playing on the banner at Paycor Stadium is going to be when they put him in the Ring of Honor. Yeah. So that's that's all I got. I love, like I said, love Andrew. Or Wish ruler of the Jungle. Ruler of the Jungle. You know what would be great on? Oh no, that would really make fun. Oh, that'd be so cool on social media. They host their first playoff game and they're like, Andrew Whitworth is back as ruler of the jungle. <laughs> oh my gosh, man, they could totally do that. Uh, but fans, you know, some, like some of them will get upset about it. Uh, but no, and they, again, I want to keep saying Andrew Whitworth's a great person. This is nothing against Andrew. Yeah, Whitworth. of course, it's no, not like, happening. It's not if I was retired, I, I'm not coming back. Why would I come back if I had millions of dollars and I just got done with my first Amazon season? You know what? I'm going to enjoy the last couple of weeks of regular season football before I just watch NFL playoffs or go on a vacation. Maybe he wants to go on a vacation. Yeah. Um, it's not happening. So I still just want to say that, that – sorry, the last thing is just it made so much more sense for Dallas to do this early on because they could have traded – the Rams for him. They could have, they had a left tackle spot open. They have money and an owner that's willing to probably give him as much guaranteed, you know, upfront money as he wants. And he didn't do it. He, he didn't do it. It's like, and it's warm and it's in the dome. There's plenty of reasons why he should have done that. And he didn't do it. So I, I the only thing that's in the Bengals favor here is that it would be less time spent. Like, you know, you only have to do it for a few months but, you know, I just think if he's not even willing to entertain the Dallas offer, then he's not going to do the Bengals offer. Sorry to break it to everyone. I'm going to make this really quick because we're going to wrap up the podcast. But if the playoffs were today, Chargers got in last night after beating the Colts. It was a brutal Monday night football game. Uh, honestly, in the first quarter between both offenses, they couldn't get anything going. But then Justin Herbert, you know, did his thing. If the playoffs were today, Cincinnati would be the three seed and they would play the Chargers. How do you feel about that game? Fine. It's not my favorite matchup because I just don't – I think of a lot of these wildcard teams and their quarterbacks, and I'd rather just face the bad quarterbacks or yeah. at least the quarterbacks that are experiencing growing pains. The Mike Whites and possibly Kenny Pickett's of the world. Sorry to Nick. But, you know, I'd rather face those guys than Justin Herbert because you know, there's just that chance yeah. where, where as good as your defensive coordinator and defense is, that quarterback's just that dude, and he just throws for 400 yards – and I trust Joe Burrow in a, you know, keep up contest, you know, a, a shootout like that. But it could just be last guy who holds the ball wins or, you know, there's just some stupid turnover that's, you know, not Burrow's fault. There's a chase fumble this game. There's the interception doesn't really his fault as much. So I just think, like, looking at it, I'm like, I'm fine with it. I think the Bengals win. They should be favored. It's not my favorite matchup. 
I agree with you. And the thing is, I go back to the last matchup, and obviously a lot has changed. This team is better than they were last year. Everything that could go wrong went wrong in the first half versus the Chargers at Paul Brown Stadium last year because it was Paul Brown Stadium. And then in the second half, they had a bounce back where they could come back, and then Joe Mixon fumbled the ball. Um, they were driving to, to go take the lead, and they lost that game. So I do feel like Cincinnati could win that game. Uh, but the thing about the Chargers, they're starting to get guys back. I think Bosa's coming back to practice this week. Uh, Rashawn Slater could be there for the playoffs. Like, not a huge fan of, um, you know, more guys returning for this Chargers team. Yeah, the the one I'm thinking of is Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. The only thing that's really given this Bengals offense trouble at times is having an edge guy like that. And they've got two of them. So, (sighs) with the backup right tackle, you know, that's just – it's not something I would would prefer. I would prefer I'd prefer to play the Jags, the Ravens, even even with Lamar. I just think they're so beat up as like whatever. If you can't beat them, you probably can't win the Super Bowl. But the Chargers just could. It just feels like a game that could have some fluky nonsense, just like the game last year did. Yeah, I don't want anything to do with that. Um, so if anything can change this weekend, that would be awesome, which it can. It's three and seven right now, but anything is possible of what that's going to look like. Cincinnati could move up again in the playoff seedings or, um, yeah, to be determined if they're going to be wild card or win the AFC North. My money's on the AFC North, but anything is possible in the next two games. Fun stuff. I can't wait till Thursday's pod. We're going to be Bills, Bengals, everything Monday Night Football. Look ahead between Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. What is going to be up on all Bengals? I'm just going to do the obvious. I'm going to do a, a chemo energy thing. Love it. Can't wait. Everybody go check that out. All Bengals again. Mike has great highlights over on his Twitter page, Bengals underscore Sands. You can follow me at LNDS Patterson. We'll be back later this week for a preview of Monday Night Football, one of the biggest games in franchise history. Thanks for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.